huge news, years in the making, my brand new book that my publishers refuse to publish, Money Matrix. Beat the money system and build generational wealth. Understand the three main ways that the banks productize you and make money from you. You'll be able to turn that system against itself, build generational wealth and multiple streams of recurring income. It's all at moneymatrix.cash. And if you're quick, the first few hundred registrants and buyers will receive many special bonuses from me. The brand new Moneymaker Summit three-day special event. Meet me at a champagne reception. Meet me at a multi-millionaire networking dinner. Go now, moneymatrix.cash. This is huge. We need to all work and then things will change. For at least 12 years, I've predicted the year ahead the brutal lessons from the year before, and my disruptive predictions for the year ahead. I've either done one or the other, and in this unique episode, I'm doing both. I'm going to share with you the five most brutal disruptive lessons, probably generally speaking for entrepreneurs. Some of them affect everyone. And then I'm going to flip the switch and give you what I believe are possibly the best five opportunities for 2024 and beyond. And by the way, these won't go out of date in a week or a month. So if you're landing here and watching and listening and 2024 has almost left us, these will still work. These will last. In this unique episode, there's something that's a big revival from eight years ago that I think is going to be huge. There's also something that you know about, but you are not doing. There's something that's not your fault, but it is your responsibility. There's something that affects almost everyone you know. And there's one thing that you know you should do that you see others doing who are being wildly successful at it and you're not doing enough of it. And I'm going to make sure you do. So having been an entrepreneur for 17 years, I've done more than a quarter of a billion in sales in my two main companies, their training and information companies. And I own, co-own 340 rental units, might be a few more now. And we manage 1,350 tenants in our property management company. My 19th book, Money Matrix, is coming out imminently. And I don't say this to go, well, check me out. I just say this, that I've got some experience that I can share with you because many of you, maybe you don't know my backstory. So I'm not going to give you a whole long CV of everything that Rob Moore has done. You're here. You know who I am. But what I will tell you is that I thought that COVID and lockdown would have been my most brutal business lesson ever. I talked about it a couple of years ago when we moved out of 2020 into 2021. You know, having to sit in a small kitchen hiding from all of my staff with what? 110 names. I mean, we've had up to 150 staff. I had 110 names on a spreadsheet. Keep them, let them go, keep them, let them go, keep them, let them go. And navigating a business that at times has a million a month on the overhead and trying to keep that alive when the government made it illegal, not just difficult, illegal to run my business. Now, I thought that might be my, now I thought that might be my most brutal business or life lesson ever. It wasn't. Um, now, what I will say, and this is going to piss some people off, but it's my opinion, everyone's entitled to my opinion, is I believe the lockdown was maybe a crime against humanity and certainly mismanaged enough that there should have at least been a fair trial. 
All there is is a little bit of a public questioning and all the WhatsApp messages have been deleted and they'll all get away with it and they'll all go on, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. And they'll all earn hundreds of thousands of pounds for after-dinner keynote speeches. And that really angers me. That pisses me off because I believe the record debt levels could have been avoided. I believe the trillions that were in debt is, and much of that is wasted money and pumped up inflation and a lack of responsibility and a lack of understanding true economics and running a business. Any half decent entrepreneur would run the economy better than the government because an entrepreneur has to run a legally solvent business and make profit, whereas the government is a legally insolvent. One rule for you, you have to run legally solvently, otherwise you can be struck off as a director and go to prison. One rule for them, they can print trillions of pounds or tens of trillions of dollars. Two of the most common questions I'm getting asked at the moment is where do I buy my watches and where do I buy my gold? People don't know this, but I've invested in gold for 17 years. If you go back to 1971, the birth of fiat currency, the devaluation of money, money's gone down by 85% in value since then. But you could buy one ounce of gold for about $30, which peaked at over $1,500. Gold is a great defensive asset class. Gold is a great hedge against the matrix and the system. It's a great hedge against inflation. And I've finally found someone who I am now partnering and has become a sponsor on the show. And that is Josh Saul of The Pure Gold Company. He has a special offer where you can get a complimentary investor guide and book an appointment to get your own private consultation at pure-gold.co forward slash rob more. I buy my gold from this company. So if you'd like to just buy the gold or get the investor guide, go right now to pure-gold.co forward slash rob more. Big shout out to the Pure Gold Company for collaborating and sponsoring this episode. It's tens of trillions in debt in America and yet they get away with it. So you might want to go back and listen to episodes I did post lockdown and the lessons. Um, but here's the thing I've learned. The way to be successful in business and life is not to prepare and plan for what you can prepare and plan for. It's to know that you can handle what you can't prepare and plan for. Because what you can prepare and plan for, you can figure out. You can have a plan B, a plan C, a plan Z. You can have all sorts of contingency plans. But the test of how agile you are, how durable and resilient and persistent you are, the test is the problem you couldn't have prepared for. I'm very proud to say this episode is sponsored by AG1. As you know, we're more than 1,000 episodes into Disruptors and I very rarely have sponsors. I'm really choosy on sponsors and I only pick people that I love myself and I use myself. I have turned down loads of sponsors, but personally I've been using AG1 for nearly 14 years myself before we ever did a sponsorship deal with them. For me, AG1 really helps with my mental focus, clarity and overall well-being. As someone who's really freaking busy and can't always sit down and eat a million vegetables in a day, knocking back a big pint full of AG1 in the morning is perfect for me. Of course, health is wealth, and I'm in my mid-40s. I'm realizing that more and more. So if you'd like to try AG1 yourself with a special exclusive offer that I have for you right now, go to drinkag1.com forward slash disruptors. That's drinkag1.com 
forward slash disruptors and get a free year's supply of vitamin D3, K2 and five travel packs with your first purchase on me. So one more time, that's drinkag1.com forward slash disruptors. AG1, thanks for sponsoring the show. You are legends. COVID and lockdown was the problem I couldn't have ever prepared for, unless I'm a historian of hundreds of years, in which maybe I could. And that's what it mostly taught me, to plan and prepare for what I can't plan and prepare for, which ultimately means developing your skills and your mind to be able to react to any situation. It's not about resources, it's about resourcefulness, because the skill set without the mindset will leave you upset. So let's get into these five brutal lessons from 2023 before we move into the opportunities of 2024 and beyond. Number one, low interest rates do not last. Low interest rates are not normal, and you and most other people thought that it was normal. You may have thought that 0.5% or 0.25% was normal. Partly that's your own delusion. Partly that's because you don't know what you don't know because for, what, 12 years straight, the interest rate was less than a percent, even less than half. And partly because the banks and the government didn't want you to know this. Do you know what the long-term average interest rate is? Let me know in the comments if you do know this. I'm going to tell you now, but give yourself a little test. It's not 0.5, it's not 1, it's not 2, it's not 3, it's not 4. It's nearly 6%. So 12 years almost in a row before rates went up aggressively, rates were artificially low and money was artificially almost free. So you got loans, you bought cars, you went on holidays, you got mortgages at very low interest rates thinking, well, this is good and this money is almost free. It cost me less than 2%. And the banks were very smart and they lured you in and they got you in debt because, by the way, that's their business. This is not a moral judgment. The bank's job is to make money out of you and their product is you. And their two main products of the product of you is interest rates and taxes. Oh, now, by the way, they can also take your money and lend and invest it for a return. Legally, you wouldn't be able to do that the other way around. But they, but they make money from you because you are the product. So what they did was they lured you in on a really low introductory rate and made you almost believe that this was normal and it was good to do this. And then, bang, rates go up. 1%, 2%, 3%, 4%, 5%. Now, some people say, well, you know, that's not the fault of the banks, but the banks are the ones that control interest rates and fiscal policy. So they reduced them and they increased them. So now we have millions of people who have got mortgage rates at under 2% and they've got car finance and other deals really low that are going to come off the fixed rate and they're going to go onto variable. They're going to need to get a new car and it's going to be 9%. Do your research, but it's going to be a lot higher. And their mortgage is going to go from 1.74 to 6 or even 7 or 8%. This is going to mean massive reduction in affordability. 
There's going to be a huge influx of repossessions into the market. It's going to force people to sell and then to rent. So it's going to put upward pressure on the rental market that's already really high. The cost of living crisis hasn't fully bitten in. Everything is still really expensive. Do you know I got a four-shot coffee from Starbucks? Six pounds fifty. Six pounds fifty. I need to remortgage a house to buy a four-shot coffee. Parked overnight in London. Fifty quid for an overnight parking. Everything is so much more expensive. And now debt is so much more expensive. This is real. Millions of people are going to get hurt and hit. But it also does create the contrarian opportunity, which I'll talk about number one of my five predictions for opportunity in 2024. Now, by the way, I've been warning people about this for years. Do not get used to interest rates being that low. This is not normal. I know this because when I started property 17 years ago, I was getting mortgages at 6%. A 6% buy-to-let mortgage was normal. And I could afford it because I budgeted for it. So you can't change the past, but you can learn from the past and you can change the future. So if you ever get low cost of finance, borrow it and fix it for 472,000 years. Now, by the way, it could be a decade or two decades before rates ever come down that low. It is not normal. Okay, lesson number two is at any time, overnight, the government can ruin your business. We learned this all, didn't we, through lockdown and COVID. At any time, they can change a law or a legislation. They can cancel you, deplatform you. They have the power to disrupt your business. My business partner, he says to me regularly that the biggest threat to our business isn't staff leaving. It isn't a reduction in margin. It's not reliance on too few suppliers. It's the government. It's taxation. You've got tax, inflation, Brexit, trade laws, regulation, intervention, lockdowns. You've got a broken political system. You've got a greedy banking system. All roads lead to the government make it really hard for you to be a successful entrepreneur. This is the reality, but it's also the opportunity, which I'll talk about towards the end of this content. If you think the government are going to save you, if you think that they're going to pay you more welfare, if you think that they're going to reduce your taxes, if you think that they're going to give you incentives, if you think that someone new coming into power is going to be any different, you need to fucking wake up. Number three, brutal lesson, is that the work ethic has gone to shit. Partly, this was Brexit, because we had a lot of really good, high work ethic, great quality European people who'd all come to England to earn more money and have a better life. And we embraced them in, and then with Brexit, we sent them all away again. And now we've got this entitled British culture where, well, I just want to work three days a week and I want to be able to take my dog for a walk and pick up my kids from school. It's all about life balance. It's all about my mental health. Well, if you go bust because of what the government have done to our country, how is your mental health going to be? If you work from home and you never have any interaction with other humans, how's your mental health going to be? If you work from home and you don't ever get any promotions or pay rises because no one in the office can see you and even knows you exist, how's your mental health going to be? Do you know one of the ways to create great self-worth is to know that you're useful and meaningful? Do you know one of the best ways you can feel useful and meaningful is to do good work? So it really upsets me how the work ethic has gone to shit. 
And obviously I'm biased because I'm an employer of hundreds of people. But you don't work for me. You don't work for your employer. You work for yourself. And whether you're on 30 grand a year or 300 grand a year, and whether you're an entrepreneur or an employee, you work for you. It is your career. When I interview people, I don't say, tell me about my career that I'm going to own on you. I ask them to talk about their career. So if you're getting lazy, entitled, think you should have loads of benefits and that the government are going to save you, you're ruining your own career with your own poor work ethic. And by the way, this is rife in the public sector where half of HMRC are now working from home and the public sector is going to shit. It really upsets me. And this is where being an entrepreneur actually helps. Now, if you are currently employed, you can still be entrepreneurial by being an intrapreneur. An intrapreneur thinks this is my job, even though I'm working for someone else. So I take it seriously. I see it as my own company within the company. I maybe pitch for pay rises or I come up with some ideas and new products and services that my employer or company could implement. And I ask for a commission. I do the job I want not just the job I've got. I don't see overtime as giving time to my employer. I see overtime as building my own CV and my own career and investing in myself. All these people who are taking the piss out of their employers by getting up late and working from home and walking the dog and taking the kids to school and back and making out that they're working eight hours when they're actually working five, you will be found out. You will. And when things change, which they will, because humans need connection. And if you want connection and career progression, you're going to need to be around your colleagues. I can't give a pay rise to someone who I doesn't even know exists in my company because they work from home. It disturbs me. And look, I can't help what the government did to our country. I mean, maybe I can take responsibility because I didn't vote. And maybe as a collective, we should all take responsibility and kick them the fuck out and get a decent entrepreneur in. But what I can take responsibility for is my own ethic and my own attitude and my own response to how COVID, lockdown, the trillions of debt, the soaring interest rates, the soaring cost of living crisis, the soaring taxation. I can make sure I start and scale my business. I can make sure I get my tax bill down. I can make sure I get my income streams up. If I have to work harder, I'll work harder because I'm doing it for me. You're not doing it for your employer. You've got to do whatever it takes. And if we want to collectively get our nation out of this shithole that we've dug ourselves into, then working from home our way out of it three days a week is not going to cut it. We need to all work and then things will change. And if you want to bitch and moan about me, stick them in the comments. Couldn't give a shit. I'd love to read all, all the wokies and the lefties and the people who believe that it's your birthright to not work and have your mental health looked after for by our government. Give me some shit in the comments. Bring it on motherfuckers. Oh, and by the way, who's going to pay for your mental health? Who's going to pay for your three-day work week? Number four, brutal life reality is everything costs so fucking much and profit margins are getting skinny and tight in many industries. The upside opportunity is new business models. I'm going to talk about some of them. The profit margins are really high. Like you want low cost, low overhead, low or no loans, low or no stock, low or no premises, high speed, vast scalability. These are some of the things you want for a modern business model to make, manage and multiply money. 
And I'm going to share them with you. But the reality is everything costs a lot more fucking money. And even as a multimillionaire, I feel it. But instead of bitching and moaning about it, I'm here doing content on it. And I'm going to just make sure that I make double money. If prices go up on me 50%, I want to earn 200% more. So I'm actually more rich driven by prices going up on me because that's how I can respond. And number five, if you do not demand attention, you will not get it. My dad always used to say to me, if you do not ask, you do not get. And the answer is always no. So right now, we have a new form of currency, and it's not crypto, and it's not central bank digital currencies. It is attention. As a business owner, you need leads. You get leads via attention. That could be paid attention through ads. That could be organic attention through podcasts and YouTubes and your social media content. A lot of people, they have competitors who are less ethical than them, less experienced than them, nowhere near as good as them, but much better at shouting and getting attention and creating polarity and debate and therefore much more rich than you. And it should piss you off if there are competitors and people in your niche and industry who are not as good at you, who are not as good as you, but they're doing better than you. It should fucking piss you off. But they got good at attention. They got good at marketing. You need to get good at attention and getting attention. You need to get good at marketing. You need to say some risky things. You need to polarize. You need to divide. You don't have to criticize individuals. But, you know, notice I don't really criticize any humans in government. I just criticize the government. So you don't have to take swipes at individuals. But you must stand for what you believe to be right. And you must shout about it. And you must stand against what you believe to be wrong. And you must shout about it. Otherwise, nothing will change. So now here are my five big predictions for opportunity, turning the downside into the upside, turning survival into thrival in 2024 and beyond. Number one is there's likely to be a property correction or crash, and therefore there's likely to be an opportunity to buy property at higher yields and cash flows at lower prices and it become more accessible. Now, many people have been disagreeing with me saying, oh, well, the market won't come down much and it will come down 10% or maybe 15% max, or it hasn't even come down in my area. And most of those have been proven to be wrong. And look, I don't say I know everything, but I've been investing in property for more than a cycle. I've seen this before. I saw 2008 when everyone was bullish and said it wouldn't crash, and then it did crash. And I saw it crash 30% in six months in my local area. Now, London didn't quite crash as much in some areas up in the north of England, crashed more. Now in my local area, we're uh, nearly 25% drop already. And we've still got millions of people who are about to come off their fixed rate to their variable rate. And their mortgages are about to go from 1.74 to 6 or 7 or even 8%. This is going to have a wild impact on the market. It's going to be loads of repossessions, loads of fast sales, cheap sales of flooding into the market, therefore more supply than demand, therefore reduction in price. Oh, and by the way, part of the reason that this is happening is because rates have gone up so much. Who benefits from rates going up so much? The banks. Who also benefits from repossessions? Who wants to buy all the property? Who wants to be the biggest private landlord in the UK? Lloyds Bank. Lloyds is owned by RBS, one of the biggest banking groups. So the banks will lend you the money. They'll bring you in low, 
boil you up like that frog that doesn't notice that the temperature of the water is getting hotter until it's finally boiled alive. 0.25% all lovely cosy water. 6% boiled alive. So they'll make all the money and interest from you and then they'll repo you. Then they'll buy the repossessed distressed property off you. Now, of course, they'll make out that they're not party to and involved in this process. But So this is not a conspiracy theory. This is reality. I used to get pissed off with the banks. But then I thought, well, do you know what? If I was the bank, would I want to make interest profit, taxation profit? If I had deposits, would I want to be able to lend that out and earn on it? Yes, I would. Would I want to be able to borrow your money and earn on it? Yes, I would. Would I want to have a money printing machine here and print whatever trillions I would want? Yes, I would. So I don't really come from this anymore from a moralistic or judgmental point of view. It just is what it is. But, you know, I fight for entrepreneurship, for freedom, for liberty, for individualism, against globalization, against central digital bank currencies and one world order control. So... If the banks want to be the biggest private landlords, you should want to be a private landlord. I can tell you this. No bank's going to be a bigger private landlord than me in my city. I own 340 units and I'm going to own a load more. No bank's going to be bigger than me. I'm going to play the banks at their own game. So that is opportunity number one. Cashing in on the crash, buying higher cash flowing because rents have gone up. Purchase prices are coming down. To make the maximum cash flow in property, you want minimum purchase price maximum rent and the purchase prices are coming down and the rents are going up. This is a reality. The second big prediction for 2024 and beyond is actually the same as 23 and 22 and 21 and 20, but it's an evolution of it. And it is the continued competition and decentralization of social media. So if you think in the last 20 years, all the way going back to MySpace and Vine, and now moving to Elon Musk buying Twitter, changing it to X and wanting X to be any, and wanting X to not just be a social media platform, but do everything from banking and lending and media and news. And if you look at Facebook, it's competing with X because it launched threads and it's got stories, which I think it nicked from Snapchat and it wiped out Clubhouse because it nicked the audio rooms. Then you've got TikTok, which is disrupting them all. And now TikTok have created their creativity beta program where you can actually make good money on TikTok now. And then you've got YouTube, which has been there the whole time, which the big creators make the most money out of. Do you know there are 22 different ways to monetize social media directly? If on the one side, you've got mainstream media trying to control you, having a narrative, not being neutral, the bank's trying to own you through interest and tax and this global new world order of one government and one currency and globalization. This is the opposite of decentralization and it's the opposite of freedom. But even though some social media is becoming the new old mainstream media, much social media is fighting for decentralization. So Rumble and your podcast and X and many other channels you kind of own or at least they won't cancel you. Some will, some won't. So we've got this hybrid of mainstream media evolving into social media, but social media evolving into decentralization and disrupting the big mainstream media. And now, and now, for example, on my Facebook Lives, most people come to me for news, not BBC news. People come to me for interviews rather than the major news channel networks. 
it's much better for you to own the asset of you than to give your money to someone else's asset. Like if you put money into crypto or a crypto platform, we know stories of many of them going bust or you could get scammed because you don't own the asset. Whereas if you are on every social media channel and you have your own social media platform or your own media platform, I have Rob.team by the way. So Rob.team is my digital financial freedom platform to help people start and scale their business, make, manage and multiply money. It costs less than 22 pence a day. You can cancel anytime. There's no ongoing contract. There's hundreds of hours of courses, resources and masterclasses to get your tax bill down, the income earning up and the streams of income diverse and multiple launching membership sites, monetizing social media. Now, um, it's called Rob.team. You just type in R-O-B dot T-E-A-M. Now, I own that platform. That is my asset. That makes me anywhere from, what, 50-odd grand to 215 grand a month. Whereas if I put 50 grand a month into some FX platform or some crypto trading platform, that's high risk and it's likely to go to zero. Because remember, like the banks, you are the product. It's the same with social media platforms. If you don't create a product, you are the product. If you do not produce on social media, you are a consumer and you're being consumed. And if you're not making money producing, then it's costing you money consuming. So you can either risk on someone else's asset or create your own. Now, by the way, a personal brand is your own asset. You can either create a product or you are the product. Okay, the third big prediction for cash flow, for starting and scaling your business, for making multiple streams of income in 2024, is a membership site. Now, people ask me, hey, Rob, what's the quickest, easiest, best way to make money? And I say, well, it depends. Do you want occurring or recurring? Do you want capital or income? Is it information or a product? Do you have five hours a week or 50 hours a week? There's so many variables. But if you put a shotgun to my head and you're going to blow my brains out unless I gave you one answer, bearing in mind there's 22 ways to monetize social media, there's more than 25 ways to monetize information. So on a broad level, information is the best form of income. High speed, infinitely scalable, low setup cost, low overhead cost, no staff cost, no stock cost, no loan cost. So it ticks all the boxes. But if you're overwhelmed because there's 25 ways to monetize information and there's 22 ways to monetize social media, start with a membership site. Like Rob.team, I mentioned this before. Now, Rob.team has fast approaching 10,000 total members. Um, Past, present, mover shaker, game changer, change makers. Now, I keep the price really low. It's less than 22 pence a day. You can cancel any time, so there's no risk. And there is hundreds of hours of courses, resources, and masterclasses. Now, you can either spend three or four years or try and do a load of free tutorials and probably have to end up paying somewhere, whether it's investing in courses or paying with mistakes. You might be able to figure out how to do a membership site yourself. Or if you want the quick, easy way, because success leaves clues, the easiest way is to copy, not design. And I give you permission to copy Rob.team. Don't copy my content, but copy my format, be inspired by the volume, work out how I pitch it, what benefits I offer, my pricing, the platform that I use. You can figure all that out by joining Rob.team. Now, look, I don't need your money. Let's be honest. Eight quid a month, 22 pence a day. It's not going to make me rich, but it could make you rich if you join. And there is actually a three-hour membership site mastery masterclass within Rob.team. So if you want the easy way, just type in R-O-B dot T-E-A-M.
Okay, number four, I said to you, there's a revival I'm seeing since 2016. Can you guess what it is? What was huge around 2016, which you're now seeing a big revival in, in 2024 and beyond? Here's the answer, drum roll, please. E-commerce. So in 2016, it was all about white and private labeling, reselling on Amazon. And do you know we had the biggest training company on reselling on Amazon in the UK in 2016? I still have that company. We just teach other stuff now. Because what happened was so many people got successful, but then Amazon went, ooh, we're going to take all of your profit and undercut you because we've got scale. And then a load of people just, uh, e-com doesn't work anymore. Amazon is too powerful. But now we've got this decentralization movement again because you can do Facebook Marketplace, Vinted, Depop, eBay, Shopify, Etsy, and there's loads more I've missed. And even on all your social media, you can sell your e-commerce products. TikTok now have shops. Virtually every social media platform is going to have a shop. And if it doesn't have a shop, you can use it as a shop. And people sit there doing TikTok lives, offering their products and services. People put them on their stories. And e-commerce is making a big revival in 2024. I'm so bullish on this. I'm helping my daughter. She launched her bracelet making business, but she's only done it for friends, family, and my staff so far. But we're launching an Etsy shop. Uh, we're going to take her out to market. And then my son wants to sell Pokemon cards. And we're just launching his business on selling Pokemon cards online. Nine years old and 12 years old. This is going to be huge in 2024. Okay, and then the final one, number five, is the one that you all know. And it's two letters. Can you guess what they are? A-I. So if you're a Rob.Team Gold member, you actually get our 12-module AI masterclass um, completely for free as a Rob.Team member. Um, now, AI, I, I can't even start to list the game-changing outsourcers, admin, proofreading, design, music, film, content, research, lead generation, funnel building, translating. Do you know this? I've done a deal with a company that use their AI and they're taking all my content online and translating it first into Spanish and then into Chinese. And I don't have to do anything. And we just get a split of the profits. I mean, that is mad. And there are, there are AI now that can obviously work out your tone, your diction, your facial expressions. And there are AI videos of Joe Rogan interviewing people, which people have believed are him. This might come into business, in trading, in predicting markets. I can't see where AI can't benefit humanity and benefit you and help you create time leverage and money leverage. Of course, there are lots of scary downsides to AI, you know, giving it the paradox of choice, giving it the kill switch and, you know, the downsides of being hacked. You know, the scammers, the bots that are built on AI now are way, way more intuitive and people are getting more scammed now because of AI. That's the paradox of anything that's new and disruptive. There are upsides and downsides. Protect yourself from the downsides. Leverage the upsides. Take some time to get to learn ChatGPT or whatever other platform you want to use. Don't be scared by the tech. Try it before you fully go into it. Or even set up an agency where you use AI 
to help other people's products and services. So let's say you're a copywriter. Well, you can leverage 80% of your copywriting to AI. People can hire you as a copywriter and you can get a lot more clients because you can because you can use AI to help you with copywriting, with titling and keywords and thumbnails. The list goes on. AI can either do it all for you or help you. I'm also building a mentor bot, a Rob bot. So all my content that exists in the world, AI is going to sweep. Uh, and then we're going to create an automated AI of Rob. And you can ask the automated Rob any question and it will give you Rob-based answers. The opportunities are endless in AI. Right, so that's the end, but it's not the end. It's just the beginning. Remember this, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Now you're seeing me do more direct content. You're seeing me change up my content and not just doing interviews. I commit this year to giving you more value than I've ever given you, to help you create your best year ever, and to disrupt yourself before the government disrupt you for you. I hate asking you to like, subscribe, and share. So I'm not going to ask you. I'm going to fucking tell you. Do it. <laughs>